everyone. I hope you are staying healthy and safe. This podcast episode comes with a video interview. If you would like to watch the video interview, you can find the links of the interview in my episode notes. You can watch it either through my YouTube page or my Facebook page called Words of Heart Podcasts. However you choose to listen to it, I truly hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Claire Moorcraft. Moorcraft, yeah, that's right, yeah. (laughs) First time I said a guest name right. (laughs) Woohoo! Thank you for joining me today, Claire. Thank you. Awesome. So, Claire, if you could tell my audience a bit about yourself, that would be great. So my name is Claire Moorcraft. Um, I am an ease expert. So I help take women who are like struggling in tension and in a lot of pain into be able to having like a life filled like with ease and pleasure. Um, I am 41. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's that's how I kind of work with with women at the moment, mainly work with women, some men, but um, mainly women. And so I guess I kind of like coming on these platforms to to tell like a little bit of my story um it's quite a it's quite a uh there's a lot to my story so I will kind of keep it brief and then you can kind of chime in with anything that you kind of want to dive sort of deeper um into it so I've got like a bit of a traditional background like I was a scientist in the pharmaceutical industry and then I spent like 10 years working in corporate sales and um, you know, on the outside of things, I had this amazing life. I was earning six figures in London. I lived in a beautiful area. I had lots of friends, but like underneath it all, um, I had an eating disorder and I also had an exercise addiction. And eventually I developed fibromyalgia and chronic pain um, in my whole torso um, from over-exercising <laughs> and having, uh, having an injury. Um, and so like I was in pain for a really long time and eventually I just had to I had to give up my job and because um, I couldn't just I just couldn't cope with the pain anymore and like my life you know it, it's like living a double life my double life was kind of catching up with me and the the facade that I put on to the world um, you know because you know I present well like no one ever really knew what was going on behind the scenes but I was very isolated and never really spoke to anyone or talked to anyone about it because like eating disorders addictions and self-harm behaviors carry an awful lot of shame and stuff and you know who do you go and talk to about these kind of things or where do you even get um help so I ended up doing um a plant medicine ceremony and I won't go into too many details because it's a little controversial um these days and um I got the I got shown the tarot card the tower have you ever seen that before It's like a picture of a tower and everything kind of crumbles. And then I thought, uh oh, like <laughs> I was like, oh, dear, I had this feeling like everything would kind of be stripped away from my life. And, and that's how um, some of the plant medicines work. They take away everything that's not you. So I embarked on this like healing journey where I got the message, like it literally was like, stop messing around with your life, quit London. Uh, leave your job go off and do this shamanic training which I wanted to do when I was like 26 but I and I heard the call but my you know I listened to my parents um 
you know I was like Joseph Campbell's advice of like never do what your daddy says he's only interested in your safety and I wish I'd known that when I was younger because I definitely would have done my shamanic training 10 years earlier and not waited till it spat me out with like a chronic illness uh, that western medicine couldn't couldn't heal or couldn't make any difference in and um so I went off and I did my shamanic training and then it was just been a journey of unfolding really um more of a like a, a stripping away of everything and kind of discovering what what was going on inside of myself and um as part of that I retrained as a sex and pleasure coach because finding pleasure in my own body was one of the ways that I really found help to manage the fibromyalgia and kind of give me change my relationship to my body as well from one of like abuse and self-harm and self-hatred into one of much more like acceptance and kindness and gentleness and it's weird like my body is probably in the worst shape it's ever been like physically and stuff but I feel like the most sort of self-love towards myself um, that I ever have done in my life I was like wow I wish I'd known all of this when I when um, when I was younger um, but you know it was a it's been a journey of kind of self-discovery and one of putting all of the pieces together in my life. And what I hadn't realized that I've been di had been diagnosed with complex PTSD because um, I just thought my childhood was really normal. And um, it was only when I found out afterwards that actually there's an awful lot of trauma in my history and all of the exercise addictions, the fibromyalgia, um, the depression, the suicide attempts, the self-harm, all of these pieces were all a result um, of childhood trauma that I just suppressed and buried in my body. And it was coming out in the form of physical symptoms because I just couldn't deal with the emotional side of stuff. I just buried it kind of so deep inside of myself that I didn't even know it was there. So that was how my body was telling me there were things inside of myself that weren't, that weren't well. And um, it kind of explains a lot of why my life has been, it had been until I started to kind of really deal with these feelings inside of myself. Um, it's been like really difficult. My life was like one of like constant stressing, constant pushing, you know, do, do, do. I was always a top sales rep and high pressure, top of my year at university, you know, got a first, all of these kind of things. But it didn't come from a place of internal happiness. It came from a place of, I'm really not good enough and I need to prove my worth and I need to prove that I am something in the world by being like successful um whatever that means <laughs> um first off I'm really glad you um shared um your story um with me and my audience um I can't imagine um what you have um divulged to me just now I can't fathom what how that over time eternally affected you um in regards to the um um diagnosis and health condition eating and everything um and not knowing what on earth your body is doing to you um i can relate to that um a bit i got diagnosed with diabetes at the start of the pandemic last year um january 2020 um heck of a year to have any type of health diagnosis <laughs> Um, but, um, prior to being diagnosed, um, I had no idea what was going on with my body. Um, I didn't know symptoms of diabetes uh, as far as I knew at the time I had no history of diabetes on either side of my family. So, um, I don't know how much you know about diabetes, but I'll do my best to 
educate you a little bit as far as my own personal experience. Um, I couldn't keep anything down. I would eat something and then I would be full or throw up, usually both, um, which was really saddening and disheartening. But my body was basically eating itself from the inside out. I think that there's a scientific term called psychosis or this, or I don't know what the right um, terminology in regards to that. But um, it was probably the most depressing and terrifying time of my life. I had just turned 24. All of this, um, I mean, leading up to um, obviously the whole me being sick and everything, um, I was losing a dangerous amount of weight. And of course, there was no explanation. And then in November, it's when it progressively got worse. Um, I had just turned 24. I was in school. Everything seemed to be going well. <laughs> and I mean, I had a lot of health issues growing up right off the gate when I was born. So um, as far as going through any type of health condition, I completely understand that um, simply because that's how my body came into the world. But in my 20s, I thought that hassle of health-related issues was really behind me or at least pause so I can like discover who I am and get a grasp on reality. But um, it wasn't behind me. Um, I could have died at any given moment, um, which was really um, devastating, but um, I didn't die. I'm still here. Um, I saw my diagnosis um, as a blessing in disguise. Um, many of my family had trouble processing it, considering my upbringing growing up and as many issues as I have. Oh, her life is finally together. Why did this have to happen to her? Um, they really saw it as a curse, really. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's really dramatic and perhaps exaggerated a bit from, from how I'm describing it, but they really, really hated that idea that this happened to me because they were crying every single day, not knowing what was going on. And once they did figure out what was going on, it was like, seriously, why did this have happen to her? So um, in regards to the whole um, body turning on you um, concept, I completely understand. Um, even now, it's still, um, though I've been diabetic for about a year now, um, it's, I'm accepted that this is part of my life and I've grown accustomed to seeing it as a blessing. And it was really through my diagnosis that I went on this mantra for being a warrior for change and embracing change and all ideas of change and really how this podcast came to be. But I will be honest, it is still hard sometimes because I went from not having any meat on my bones to now perhaps having too much meat on my bones. So it's really about managing it and not going um, to crazy places like, what if I don't eat this? Or perhaps I should eat this. I, it, management is a real fundamental part to handling diabetes. Um, I'm insulin dependent. Okay. Um, so um, as far as diabetes um, and accepting it, I really had no choice because I could have died. So um, just to give you some insight as far as um, the body and how I know how it can be absolutely complicated. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's really, um, it's really quite something having like learning to live with a chronic illness, um, especially, I guess, sort of so young as well, you know, it's and 
it, it, you know, for people around as well, it can be incredibly difficult, like to watch someone that you love and in, in so much pain and kind of really suffering. But I, I understand what you mean about, you know, these, like, I see the, the, everything that's kind of happened to me sometimes you know I'm like oh really why did that happen you know but most of the time I see it as a blessing in disguise you know it's like a it's been an opportunity to get to know who I am beyond you know the physical body you know beyond my thoughts beyond all of the you know emotions that kind of arise within me and it takes a certain kind of strength to be in the world especially living with any sort of form of like physical illness like people don't understand the invisibility of it and how much you have to do to just function as a, like you know basic functioning of how much more effort and things it takes and how much more you have to think about things and consider things that you wouldn't have had to do without this kind of illness um, and I don't think people talk about it enough um, there's a really amazing uh, teacher called Jeff Foster and he's going through Lyme disease at the moment he's a beautiful writer and he's been talking about his kind of journey with it as well you know it's like I really really want to live but then there's also part of me that really wants to die because I don't want to live with this physical pain and it's like you you know you can toggle between these kind of two different places inside of yourself but it can be a really lonely journey because you know how many people do you know that are going through similar things you know often support groups are just doom and gloom and misery so I kind of have tended to stay out of them right. but like really having another person to kind of understand um what it is to like to go through things is like it's really helpful and just you know that's part of the reason why I come on and I tell my story on these platforms is because I want people to know that they're not alone right there is hope there are ways to heal there are ways you can make it through it you know it's like you are important on this world this planet you know there is a place for you it's just <laughs> it's just we have to find our we have to find our own way and our own path which is often not the normal way right not the way that's conditioned to us by society or what we're told by our parents and stuff we just we're feeling our own way through and making the best of whatever we have and learning to learning to appreciate life I guess in the small stuff absolutely and that's exactly what my podcast represents absolutely so that's <laughs> why I'm like oh she she understands um, I understand because <laughs> I do want people to know that they are never alone and that there are people that care about them and that they are important and that their life does serve a purpose they may not know what that purpose is or what path is on um I had an interview um just the other day about um how um, the initial path you want may not be the path you stick to, and that's completely okay. Um, just to give you a little more insight into who I am, um, I thought my purpose, because I'm a Christian, so that's my own belief system and prerogative, um, I thought my initial path slash purpose was to be a youth pastor. Um, I love helping others, and when it comes to giving advice, I usually add my um. Christian principles when giving them. Um, so why not go full circle and actually use that to help the youth of today? Um, because the youth is what's important. But my path and purpose completely changed. I didn't think my purpose could change, but it did. And now I'm using my love of um, graphic arts because I'm a digital arts student. And finding a way to utilize that particular skill set to help hopefully in the future. I'm still in school, 
hopefully in the future help nonprofit organizations and other advertising um, related businesses and use my graphics to perhaps raise awareness for others or help others. I'm pretty sure there's many facets to how that particular skill set can be used. So I can still, even though my path may have changed, I can still use the path that I'm currently on to help others. And that's really my overall vision in my life is to help others. That will never change. And that's also <laughs> probably why this podcast began. If my if it hadn't be if my path hadn't changed, then this podcast wouldn't have been possible. So yeah, that's so beautiful. You have such a beautiful heart. It's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um you did mention um being a pleasure and a life coach. Now is that still part of your field or was that one of your previous fields? No, well, I, I, I kind of, uh, I've, I kind of drawn everything really, like you were saying, you know, you, you have this, I mean, I was like way off my path. Um, you know, I was like a sales rep in corporate. That is so not me. I'm like a highly sensitive, intuitive, like energy worker, basically. And so I was like, life was like, no, no. And I kept getting these messages like you're, you're a, a medicine woman, you're a shaman. I was like, no, no, not doing it. <laughs> It's like, how am I supposed to go from there? And then life was like, Poof. you know, if you don't listen to spirit, you don't listen to God, then you get a sledgehammer hit, don't you? And you're just like, okay. So like, and now, you know, I kind of use my skills and stuff um, in terms of to be able to help people, you know, to help people who are struggling, who are in pain, you know, to move into a more kind of easeful life, to come to a sense of like acceptance and stuff of themselves and, and where they are so I don't know what I would call myself really in terms of I guess I call myself an ease expert uh, <laughs> as that's been my path kind of from struggle to finding like ease and grace and beauty in my life um, and I use different modalities some of it's like energy stuff some of it's shamanic stuff some of it's like pleasure coaching you know through the body um, and I work a lot with you know, I, I think one of the things is that we can become so identified, like with these parts of ourselves that, the, that we think that they are. So for me, for example, I was really identified with the part that was in pain. Um, and I was really identified with the part that hated the pain. And these, these are not who I am. These were just like younger childhood parts that I hadn't yet kind of accepted and welcomed into myself and it sounds really weird when you say to someone oh that's really interesting how old is this part of you and they're like what <laughs> and you're like no your whole face shape just changed everything just kind of moved your voice kind of um went really young and I was like how old is this part of you and they're so identified with these parts that they don't actually know that's not who they are like these parts of us um, have like very limited kind of perspectives on the world so they tend to see things in narrow kind of ways and um, when you start to begin to kind of really work with these parts and integrate them back into the wholeness back into the whole of who you are that's when life really begins to kind of change and becomes easy um, so that's part of the work that I do with clients and um, I do a lot of you know connecting with nature and stuff because that's been so healing for me you know being in trees, getting my feet on the earth. I live by the beach, which is amazing. I get to go like walking, walking by the sea kind of every day. Um, and then a lot of kind of energy work, you know, there are lots of conditioning layers around like 
how you know we we're very kind of capitalist society in terms of like work hard must work hard um so it's oh it's at least like my generation seem to have kind of still kind of carry that um and so it's a lot of kind of you know removing old layers of conditioning and just really opening it, people up into to possibilities and to be able to live a life that they want to live maybe even you know the life that they they were given um and not everybody has i mean i think like any form of, of illness or anything is a, is an invitation isn't it is an invitation into deeper levels of love or or levels of acceptance or to things in your life that aren't working or there are things in your life that you haven't accepted and haven't kind of dealt with all right um and not just to illness specifically i mean honestly i emphasize mental health and the whole um myriad of problems that encompasses that um but obviously this particular topic can pertain to anyone trying to figure out who they are and how to best find that out um considering the pandemic and the unfortunate um negativity it has brought on our world um how do you think people have or on your professional or personal opinion you can choose to answer it both ways um, how do you feel people have been affected by it as far as obviously everything was put on pause? Do you think it has sort of given people an opportunity to reflect and discover more about who they are? Or do you find it, it's been a slightly difficult considering everything is so isolated? I think it's, to me or from my experience, it's been kind of multi multifactorial there's been some like real great fundamental realizations of people that are like you know to in order to thrive we need to be in community of like-minded people who care and who love and support us um you know we need to care for each other we need to kind of care for the planet you know life as it was was not really working and I think it one of the big lessons I think it taught us is as human beings, we think we have control because <laughs> that, you know, there's these illusion of these like structures and stuff in place. And then it just takes one little virus or one, you know, natural, whatever it is. And then like the whole of the world got disrupted by this, you know, it's like, it was so unpredictable on one levels, but then, you know, if you listen to the shamans in the Andes, they've been predicting these this for generations. They didn't say exactly what it was, but this type of worldwide event that, you know, nobody escaped it really, did they? It kind of um, affected everybody. And I guess in, in depends how you look at it, really. Um, you can look at it as an, as an opportunity or you could look at it as like, you know, it, it, I think it's been, been really difficult I found it hard at times and I've also found it really beautiful as well so and I think if there's any form of unresolved trauma or stuff in your system like what's happened will have activated it so on that level it's been really hard for people I found you know when Covid kind of hit off it really hit a new layer of stuff that I hadn't dealt with you know it brought up lots of fear and stuff and anxiety but then the blessing was that you know of working my way through it to be free from that to realize it was just old childhood stuff that was getting um, triggered inside of my nervous system so in some ways it's like it's been a journey through covid but i kind of feel like it, it for me it's been in in many ways a real blessing and you know there's also 
been a lot of kind of energy movements in the collective as well you know there's been a lot of fear and anxiety and of course grief you know lots of people have lost people that they loved and that they cared for they know someone and that's you know incredibly difficult so I don't want to you know brush past that as well um you know that needs a place of like honoring and you know there's been a lot of financial difficulties for people as well but then there's also been a lot of financial opportunities for other people it's it's a really interesting interesting right. um i completely agree that there has been some negative ramification in regards to this pandemic um perhaps more negative than good depending on your perspective um I've obviously seen um, the blessing and perspective from it. Um, people really hate 2020, and I can't completely understand <laughs> that. Um, I he won't forget it, right? He'll be like, oh, I remember what we were doing yeah. in 2020. <laughs> right. Um, but for myself, I can't really hate 2020. There, after, obviously, me sharing um, my story a bit about you um, a few short seconds ago, there was a really likely chance of me not being able to witness 2020. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, I can't imagine that. How did it change you? Like, that must have really changed. Um, it was a really huge change that I didn't foresee coming. Um, I, as I mentioned, I had many um, health issues growing up. Just to give you, I guess, more insight, because I've made it a point to make this more known, because it's a part of my story that I don't really share enough. Um, for the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear or talk. Um, <laughs> yes, um, that tends to shock a lot. That tends to shock a lot of people because um, you're talking now. So how on earth is that possible? But it's the absolute truth. And it's a part of my story. So, um, of course- Do you have a difficult birth or? Um, there's more parts to my particular birth story that I'm not gonna get too much okay. into. But um, um, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. so considering what I just shared and obviously I had other health issues pertaining to what I just shared at my birth, um, to have to go from your life being completely at a good point to now being diagnosed with diabetes, as you can imagine now knowing furthermore into who I am, this was very, very difficult for my family to process. Um, but for me, um, I could have died. Um, that, that, that was a really sad, hard reality. Um, it's probably the most depressing point in my life. I don't think I've ever had a more depressing point i mean i i i've been i felt rejection insecurities and all types of emotional um issues and not having any friends and being alone but this by far was the most depressed i've ever been in my life because just the sheer thought of knowing that i really could have died at any given moment um was just absolutely terrifying so the fact that I was able to witness 2020 was just a blessing automatically, <laughs> regardless of the fact that we're in the midst of a pandemic, because I, I could have not witnessed it. I could not be here. So um, I did see my diagnosis as a blessing, but it was really hard for me um, 
to process. Um, the only person I knew who had a history of diabetes um, was my best friend, Sandra. Um, I've been best friends with her since I was like four. So we're friends, still friends to this day. So she was a real anchor in trying to help me understand this new chapter of my life that's pretty much gonna be a part of my whole life for as long as I can know at this point. Um, so she was a real anchor in helping me figure this out. Um, it was a lot for me to process. Um, I didn't really share it um, to anyone whatsoever. I waited till March to really discuss it because even though I've accepted the fact that it's a blessing in disguise that this occurred to me and yay, I can still live my life and I don't have to die, but it was still very overwhelming and I didn't wanna put that in my mindset, it would feel like a burden if I shared that with anybody at that time. Although really my, my family's like understanding and my friends love me and the awesomest people on the planet, but where my mind was at, I couldn't like unleash that on them. It was hard enough for my own family to even process the fact that this was now a part of my life. How can I expect anybody else to understand? So, um, and I will say this, um, when the shutdown, um, I don't know where you're um, I'm in England, at. so where we've got, where we have different lockdown rules to you. Right. You're in the um, US, you? Yes, I'm right here in Florida. Um, when the quarantine or shutdown occurred here in March um, of last year, I'm trying to, I'm getting, oh, no. it's, been a, yeah. it's been a long time, hasn't it, really? Here now, um, um, March came, I guess the, I'll be, I'll give you more further insight. The first week of March, I finally felt like myself again. I've adjusted to this news that this is a part of my life my blood sugar was under control because I had to get accustomed to insulin injecting myself and the fact that hey there's a hey I was probably diabetic for several months before I was diagnosed so I have to you know keep but obviously I had no idea I have to make sure my body stays alive and breathing um so um after I finally got accustomed to it. I obviously, I opted to, when I decided not to tell anybody, I literally went to the extreme of not telling anybody and basically social distance from everyone. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. just to give you another idea, I would go outside the house and my blood sugar would be like sky high. Like, yeah, I'm not going out. <laughs> like, I, I, this is still new to me. So the fact that my blood sugar sign when I go out makes me not want to go out. So um, once March came, which would be the first week of March or so, everything seemed under control. This is part of my life. I'm still here. Yay. So I decided to go out for the first time since the news. Um, I had diagnosed in January. January, February, this was like two months of having processed this news pretty much. Um, I went out once, I went out once. I remember it clear as day, cause it was a friend's birthday party. I went out once 
still a little hesitant because I was diabetic and this was a birthday party, so it's not like I could have cake. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, or at least not like an actual slice. I can probably have like an ant-sized bite of cake, literally. Um, so I went out once and then I believe it was, it was probably the following week. It wasn't that quick um, till that long after that the world was being quarantined and shut down. So I hadn't even, I hadn't been social in months. Keep me in mind, November, I was sick, just turned 24, I could have died, I get diagnosed. Still a lot to process. I go out in March, I finally feel like myself again, and then bam, the world decides to be in freaking lockdown. So that was really hard for me because I hadn't been social in months. Oh no, so you've had a really long, <laughs> a long lockdown. Yes, so the fact that the world decided to go on lockdown wasn't really easy for me. Like, I I, I do I needed that socialization and being diabetic and when this news was really difficult. Um, I did take a break of school. Um, I did not um, continue my schooling once I found out I was diabetic. Um, also, I passed my classes while I was sick somehow just wow. to give you more insight. Amazing. So um, it was really difficult, the, the beginning of the shutdown, um, because I had been social distancing really from everyone before that became public knowledge to even do. So um, it was really, really difficult. Um, but luckily, Zoom was a really fundamental factor to helping with that in my, um, the church I'm a part of down here in Florida, um, decided to do young adult um, Zoom sessions. So oh, nice. I still had that sense of community that I um, desperately needed. Um, and they were really um, helpful because I was still newly diabetic. This was part of my life. My emotions were out of whack in the quarantine. Now didn't help with that because now I'm finally comfortable and okay with being myself and going out, but now I really can't go out and I have to stay home when I've been home for like months. <laughs> so um, it wasn't easy, um, the first start of the pandemic for me, um, even though my diagnosis was a blessing, I still think of it as a blessing. The mental state and the emotions um, wasn't easy, but just to give you further insight, and I'm trying not to make this an hour-long episode, but but when it comes to my podcast, there's no time constraints, but I do have another interview in a little bit, so I'll try to okay. keep it. <laughs> um, when the news of the quarantine and the shutdown hit, I was absolutely terrified. Um, because, um, having been on the brink of death really not that long ago when the shutdown occurred, um, like two, three months prior, um, and to have the knowledge of the sheer fact of this virus, we didn't have a vaccine yet, obviously, could kill you was absolutely mm. terrifying, um. Yeah, it makes it when you've got like a chronic health thing or a long term health thing, it, you know, something that is terrifying anyway, it makes it really, really stressful, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, it, it, it didn't make my chances 
any easier because I was diabetic and had the asystematic and all those other health-related conditions. So my survival rating was very low to the typical humans. So the to go from the idea of on the brink of death to now having this virus that can potentially kill you a lot quicker because of my diagnosis was absolutely terrifying. And I just, it was horrible because I'm like, okay, I already went through the concept of possibly dying already. I don't want to have to end up in the hospital again and die. So um, that's just a little <laughs> insight into how I was um, the beginning of the pandemic. But um, in the overall spectrum of the pandemic as a whole, um, I can understand people's anxiety and their emotions and being quarantined and isolated, but it has brought on self-reflection and opportunity as you eloquently put it in regards to businesses. And it really helped foster this podcast pretty much because I understand people going through a difficult time right now and their emotions and not understanding um, what's going on. So this whole podcast is a real source of comfort, um, just a virtual hug, so to speak, or audio hug, however that works. Um, plus, I love giving hugs, so that's the best metaphor to give. I know, right? I can't um, bet, yeah. Hugging people again is like, oh. <laughs> um, just a nice little reminder of um, love and hugs um, for people during this unfortunate time, and that there are people that care about you, and if I can help make your day a little more bearable or bring a smile to your face through this awesome podcast, then that's what I'm going to do so yeah it's just I think one of the things that I found is is that's really important is one to have community right community of like-minded people for for like love and connection and support and also it's like that feeling of like not being alone that other people understand how difficult it is you know all of the mental kind of stuff that that can arise and and um go on and then there's also like I think it's really important to have hope right that hope that that you know, that you will make it through this, you know, you're strong enough to make it through this, even if you think that you're not, you are, you know, you will make it through. And I think that's one of the, the fundamental um, beauty, actually, of the human spirit is that we're very resilient. <laughs> like, we will always make it through. <laughs> Absolutely. So I do have my icebreaker question. It took a long okay. time to get to this icebreaker question. <laughs> but like I said, when it comes to my podcast, speaking from the heart, it's pretty much a given. So um, <laughs> my listeners will understand. <laughs> if you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting, many people pick those teleporting when I say they can't pick flying. I understand people miss traveling and flying. <laughs> but it's too easy an answer to go to. And teleporting and flying is the exact same thing. So if you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting, what would it be? Oh, um, what would my superpower be? Feel free to have some fun with it. Make people <laughs> enjoy this question. <laughs> um, I think my superpower, if I could have one, would be 
like everyone I meet or everyone I came in contact with or life who's touched I would just want them to have an experience of what it is like to feel totally loved totally held totally supported and totally accepted for who that they are you know that would be my kind of <laughs> would be my superpower <laughs> that would be a good power yeah well love's really important positivity yeah. into their mind I like I think that. that's the whole point in being alive right it's love like to give love to receive love to feel love you know that, that's fundamentally I think the point of being human <laughs> to love <laughs> absolutely so my power it's not exactly a power but I feel like it would be one in the future would be the power for this podcast to be heard across other galaxies that have yet to be discovered they're not even discovered yet exciting <laughs> i love a bit of multi-dimensional action <laughs> yes intergalactic broadcasting from like pluto i believe that's the farthest <laughs> planet there's probably another planet out there i don't even know of that's listening right now so yes Oh, well, Claire, we can keep this conversation going all night long, but um, you have an awesome beach to explore, which I'm insanely <laughs> jealous of, and um, I have to get back to the rest of my day as well, so we're at the end of this awesome conversation. Do you have any social plugins or websites? Um, give my listeners the inside scoop to how they can get in touch with you. So the best ways to get in contact with me are like social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. And I'm on as Claire Moorcraft. So that's C-L-A-I-R-E. And my surname is M-O-O-R-C-R-A-F-T. So Claire Moorcraft, just kind of search um, my name there. You'll see me um, probably. Um, I think there might be another Claire Moorcraft on Facebook, but I'm the only one that says ease expert. And there's lots of pictures probably of me there in gold because, you know, <laughs> one day I decided it would be a really good idea to like, you know, paint myself solely in gold and have my photographs taken. <laughs> just, it's like, it's just one of those things that I always wanted to do. And then that was one of the blessings of the pandemic because I was kind of putting it off. And my friend who is a photographer was like, if you want to do it, you have to do it tomorrow. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. So I was like, OK. <laughs> otherwise they may not have happened <laughs> so that's a good sign that's a good way to tell it was me <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that profile really does <laughs> cool. um, thank you so much <laughs> no problem <laughs> thank you Claire for joining me today this was a really awesome conversation Yes, thank you. I love talking with you and your heart. And yeah, just blessings and love to your readers and to you. Or I should say readers, listeners. I should say. <laughs> readers, listeners? <laughs> I mean, I don't have a script when it comes to this. So <laughs> if you want to say readers, I mean, maybe they're listening to it through their minds and reading <laughs> it in their minds. I don't really know the whole construct of the mind. It has unlimited possibilities when it comes to how people <laughs> yeah. receive this podcast but Read, reading point... sound <laughs> that's a new one <laughs> either way thank you thank for you. joining me today thank you lovely awesome to all my listeners who however you are listening to this <laughs> stay healthy stay safe and until next time bye
Hello everyone, it is your heart warrior Dion here. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Words of Heart. If you liked this episode and would like to leave a rating slash review, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave the review slash rating on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. In addition, if you would like to let me know right away your thoughts on this episode, you are also welcome to leave a voice message right here on the Anchor app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful day.